As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. If carrot cake's on the menu, I'm getting it. Welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Friday, May 26th, 2023. This is The Drop. I'm J.E. Skeets here in the Classic Factory, and alongside me, as always, Tass Mellis. Podcast listeners and carrot cake lovers, this is for you. Next to him, it's the bearded one, my top shot hot boy, Trey Kirby. Ayo. Ayo. And last but not least, over yonder, making the magic happen, super producer, J.D. Hello. There he is, and here we are. Shout out to the stream team joining us live right now on YouTube. Go get your No Dunks merch over at nodunks.com. And hey, once you're done with this classic, make sure you check out yesterday's No Buffs podcast where we recapped Survivor 44's finale and after show. Broke it all down, TK, JD, and myself. No Buffs, own YouTube feed, its own podcast feed, and it's going to be a little dormant now (laughs) (laughs) till Survivor 45 in the fall. But thanks to everybody that uh, joined us live and listened to the podcast and leaves those five-star ratings and reviews. We really appreciate it. Obviously, I have a lot of fun breaking it down. Tass, what do you think fun of the season. finale Fun season, fun season for quick? you guys. Uh, the finale really quick. I didn't watch the after show. Okay, that's fine. I, 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 two point two point five hours. I know, you never really no. do. Pizza. <laughs> champagne. I saw them pouring the Sherlin champagne. Yeah. <laughs> Going into break, and I said I was done. Um entertaining in that I thought all three of the finalists had a shot. Okay. I mean, they made us believe that anyways, yeah. even though we kind of knew one didn't really have a shot. Yeah, okay. Well, go yeah. check it out. No buffs. It's up. Uh, on today's drop, we're going to discuss the NBA exploring the idea of penalizing floppers in-game. Uh, we're going to talk whether or not the Sixers really want to keep James Harden. There's a report from Brian Windhorst about that. And we'll end with some rapid-fire fun about toe socks and summer movies. But... <laughs> The Boston Celtics, once again, once again, excuse me, staved off elimination. Last night, beating the Miami Heat 110-97 to in Game 5. Boston never trailed, mm. put together a masterful game, really, on both ends. And they became just the second team in NBA Conference Finals history to force a Game 6 after losing the first three games of a series. 2010, Orlando Magic did it against the Celtics. They were down 3-0 won the next two, but lost in six. We'll see if that changes for the Boston Celtics. What was that sound? What? Yeah, I'm no. looking over at JD. It like seemed a, to be like a little, little trying. Yeah. It, it was, was like a, a very face somebody's trying, like has to make the next draft pick. No, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I hit something by accident. It's, it's just a little alert. It's just a little chime. Tiny alert. Yeah. Pleasant. The alert chime. is we're working on Memorial Day weekend <laughs> because we got a game six. Because the Celtics honestly uh, destroyed the Miami Heat here in Game 5. Yeah. Uh, I think people are getting a little ahead of themselves thinking that this series is now over for the Boston Celtics. I Basically like the same way that people thought it was over after the Heat were up 3-0. People are jumping to that conclusion. People are saying it's over for the Heat suddenly now. Well, yeah, however you want to say it. Yeah, the Celtics are going to take this series now. Yeah, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah, more people are on that boat. I, I guess because so many people picked the Celtics coming into the series. All I'm saying is it's not over. Although last night it was over in a friggin' heartbeat. Mm-hmm. 
the Heat didn't get back to single digits after they went down double digits, which is surprising for this Miami Heat team that always fights back. So it is scary hours for the Miami Heat to see Boston playing at this level. Uh, I, I do think it was different than game four in that the Celtics did start playing defense in game four in a different way, uh, but they didn't do this uh, to the Miami Heat. So I think you could take that as a positive for the Heat. They got hit in the mouth in the first quarter this time. They know that they just can't become lackadaisical like they did even on the first possession where Marcus Smart digs, gets the ball out, and Jimmy Butler doesn't hit the floor. Marcus Mark does hit the floor. They turn that into two points, and it was just downhill from there, just a snowball effect. The Heat are a prideful team. Uh, I think they they will put forth a far better effort. And, yeah, there's lots to look at, like the Celtics bellwether X-Factor guys and Derek White shooting six of eight from three, Marcus Smart shooting four of six from three. That's this kind of stuff that it's very unlikely to keep up, and that's why you don't go down 3-0 because it's hard to shoot that well for several games in a row. But the defense is going to be there for the Celtics, it looks like, in Game 6. Um, will the shooting keep up? TB determined. TB determined? To be determined. That's awesome. It makes it sound like a name. Like right. TB determined. Tom Brady determined. Tom sure. Brady determined. He is, man. He's a determined to maybe come back from another <laughs> retirement. Uh, and speaking of comebacks, Boston comebacks, in fact, it's all about the Celtics defense. They've been awesome yeah. these past two games. Smart has been setting the tone. They forced 16 turnovers in game four, 16 turnovers in game five. Then they're getting out on the break and looking for three-pointers, shooting better than 40% in these last two games. These last two games have been Celtics games. They look like they did during the regular season, probably the best they've looked since the first round. I guess maybe that game seven against Philadelphia, but that was really just Jason Tatum going off. I thought Tatum had a really, really nice game. I guess he only scored, he wasn't the leading scorer for the Celtics, but the way he was hitting the glass, the way he was playmaking, you could tell that the Heat were trying to take him out of rhythm as the game went on because he was so aggressive driving to the hole. Eventually, they started collapsing on him, and he was doing a great job of finding shooters outside, and then the role players were coming through, hitting threes. Uh, the Celtics have found something against the heat zone. They know they got to move the ball a little yeah. bit more. However, it's keeping them out of the lane, which is the entire point for the, Cel- or for the heat, but the Celtics are shooting over the top of it and making it now. They're going to have to make them again come game six, and that's a road game, so we shall see. Yeah, I thought Jason Tatum set the tone offensively, and you already said it, Marcus Smart set the tone defensively. First possession for the Celtics on defense. He strips Bam on that game-opening sort of drive. He dies for the loose ball, Smart does, feeds Tatum, who scores in transition. And then Tatum, once again, it's like 4-4, it's mad early. He has a huge dunk. And then the corner threes, because the ball was actually moving, uh, they just started raining down. And they just hit a million threes there in the first quarter. They're up 23-7, to Boston is. That place is going bonkers. And they end the period up 35-20 when Smart hits a three at the end of the actual first quarter. And yeah, what was really amazing was not that hot start. It was them just sustaining that every time the Heat made the tiniest run. Uh, the Celtics' defense would lock in. They would hit another three. Missoula would call a timeout, which he's been doing over the last couple games to stop any sort of momentum. And they just continued to keep the Miami Heat uh, at a distance to the point where Spo decided with like quite a bit of time left in the game, all right, shut down Jimmy, shut down our guys here, and uh, we'll go home to Miami and see if we can take care of business in six. Great stuff from Joe Mazzula, as the stream team's calling him Mazuka Joe. There you go. Uh, I think going small has obviously been the right call. Derek White has been thriving since getting a lot more minutes. They look faster than the Heat, which I think is a key here. You're not seeing a lot of minutes where Horford and Williams are sharing the court. I don't even know if they were on the court together at all last night. Grant Williams has become an important player for the Celtics once again. He's doing a pretty solid job of being a sizable guy on Jimmy Butler, which I think has kind of taken uh, Butler out of the game. But the motivation is the key for Joe Mazzulla. He's got the guys playing for him right now. They've got belief that they can pull this off. They've got fight in them for sure. And I think it's also like pretty cool that you see the zone and they're like, go hit the offensive glass. 11 offensive rebounds, uh, 12 offensive rebounds, sorry, for the Celtics last night. And like you're saying, it felt like every time the Heat were coming close, almost going to get a stop, a deflating offensive rebound, which oftentimes turns into a three-pointer. 
Yeah, they won the second chance po- point battle by double digits. Uh, so that, yeah, that's that's obviously motivation and excitement that they didn't have in the first three games and turned around going into game four and they carried it forth in game five. And I just wanted to say that the game four and game five were different in that uh, the Heat didn't get blown out in game four the same way that they did in game five. So maybe that's just the impetus for them to wake up um, going into game six because it didn't happen. You got to play from the first possession. Uh, you can't turn it over. Bam has to be a little bit better uh, knowing that the Celtics are going to defend. Uh, and I think he did get better from half to half. He was five of six in the second half with only a couple turnovers, but had four turnovers uh, in the first half and was just a little slow to get into his moves, wasn't aware that Marcus Smart was digging. Uh, they weren't bringing all those hands that they have last year when they went to the finals. That's what they were. They were just amazing at showing yeah. Durant and Irving, uh, hands, hands, hands. Um, so now we have, a, yeah, we have a game three. that Obviously, injury concerns on both sides um, coming out of this one. Uh, just like going into this one, uh, gave Vincent not there for the Heat, and I thought he would he would play number one because he was questionable going into this one. And anytime you think a, a Heat culture player is questionable, he's going to play. But also after he turned that ankle in Game Four, he did come back and play uh, for a couple minutes. He hit a shot and then went out of the game. So if he does play uh, in Game Six, that's an emotional boost. Um, but. Uh, it is, uh, yeah, it's a bit of a downfall to see Kyle Lowry come in there and just uh, the Celtics threw him off too. He let's was be honest. Horrible. He was bad. Just I'm the biggest Kyle Lowry fan there is on the planet. He was garbage. I don't know if something was wrong with his hand. He had no feel with the ball. Brutal turnovers, forcing things that weren't there. Him and Bam, I thought, were like early on in that game. Credit to the Celtics defense, super active, of course. But some of those from Lowry is like, what are you doing? And uh, yeah, they're going to have to hope sort of Gabe Vincent either comes back and takes that starting role and maybe Lowry in the bench production is fine. Lowry's been good throughout the playoffs. That's the crazy part. Like, Raptors fans were taking a bit of a victory lap dance. Um, victory, victory lap, lap dance. dance? What do I got on my mind? I guess we were talking about Vegas the other day. Uh, a victory dance because Heat fans all season long were like, Kyle Lowry sucks, Kyle Lowry sucks, Kyle Lowry sucks, which he sort of did in the regular season, you know, missing time and all that. But then he looked incredible for a, a majority of this Cinderella run for the Miami Heat. But then that was the Lowry that you saw a lot of times during the regular season. So you got to hope if you're a Heat fan that that was just like, just throw that one away and he gets back to being sort of the Lowry that can hit those threes and take care of the ball and obviously take a charge or two and set the table because he was bad. Was we shall bad. see. We shall see. Yeah. 15 points in game one for Lowry. He scored 17 in two, three, four, and yeah. five. Yeah. So he has definitely fallen off a little bit, but I think kind of missing the forest for the trees if we're worrying about Gabe Vincent and Kyle Lowry. Gabe Vincent played 28 minutes in Game 4 and the Heat still got blown out. Uh, the key is that Jimmy Butler has to be playoff Jimmy. We haven't seen him really yet in this series. Mm-hmm. Celtics have completely untracked him. They're seeing a lot bigger guys on him, a lot more Jason Tatum guarding him, a lot more Grant Williams. When it is a small guy like Derek White, somebody's coming over and doubling right away. So Jimmy's not getting the looks he wants. He was just too much in the background last night. And then bam, this has been bad bam. Six turnovers last night, three assists. He did get it going a little bit in the second half, but the game was already over uh, at that point, so I don't really care. He's got to do it in the first half. He's got to be their second-best guy. He was huge in the first three wins. Since then, he's really, really been struggling. Your star's got to be stars in the playoffs. That's why the Celtics were losing. Jason Tatum was playing terribly in the first couple of games. When your best guys aren't your best guys, you're not good. Yeah, Tatum controlled the game, like we said. Jalen Brown finally found his shot, too. He hit some threes there early in this one. That's huge. You guys said Derek White was on fire. Uh, Smart, five steals, 23 points from him. I thought Time Lord was great in his uh, limited minutes, I guess. You know, he only played 18 minutes. He was perfect from the floor. He had that block on Jimmy Butler uh, out on the perimeter where he just just swallowed up that three-point shot from Jimmy. So he was good. Everybody contributing. And, yeah, just like they just played like – more like the team we had seen in the regular season, or at least uh, the stretches where the defense is just everywhere, active, hitting oh, yeah. the floor, working the glass, pushing the ball in transition. And yeah, moved the ball. When they were like moving the ball, they were getting great looks, and they were hitting those threes. And that's the big difference, too, no doubt. Like, games four and five here now, they've hit a bunch of three-pointers. They need to maybe not have that many, but they need to hit them at that sort of close to that 40% clip where they're basically, you know, 
38 and 2 or something like that when they hit 40%? What? It's an insane number where they 38 and 2, I think is Jeez, what. Jeez, uh, yeah, 40% of their three-pointers, that's right. Yeah, and I think I mean 16 made threes is humongous uh for the Celtics just cuz they take a bunch, but I think the bigger number honestly is 23 three-pointers attempted for the Heat. Yeah. The Celtics are running them off the line. Like Duncan Robinson had a really nice game last night. 18 points, 7 of 10 from the field, a bunch of really saucy floaters that we were seeing, but that's a win for Boston. If Duncan mm-hmm. Robinson is putting the ball on the floor and shooting a two-pointer, that's exactly what they want him to do. You're not really going to get beat by Duncan Robinson driving to the hoop. So really good stuff uh, from the Celtics to keep the heat from getting hot from three. Because, I mean, they made 39% last night. That's a nice percentage. They only made nine. Not enough. Yeah, the the Celtics also just so uh, on top of everybody from the get-go, and the Heat were just sloppy, turning over the ball. And Yeah, when you start running it down uh, the other team's throat, and the Heat were sort of just fat-fingering it a little bit, just throwing the ball all over the place and just a little less sure-handed last night. Uh, that was that was big. Uh, the 16-9 to turnover loss battle for the Miami Heat. You just can't turn it over like that. And uh, I think that's where Gabe Vincent comes and helps out, especially if Lowry's just going to continue to stink it up uh he just just to be that a little bit more sure-handed ready to fire because he has been good mm-hmm. um shooting the ball uh so that just keeps their rotation the same way and i wonder if you, you they do make a, a rotation change considering that game six is a game seven really for the miami heat they got to go home and, and win this thing I wonder if Kevin Love comes out of the rotation for Caleb Martin if they if, if to, to start the game just mm-hmm. uh, just to go for it because Caleb Martin has been phenomenal. Uh, he just can't stop. So, did they find something with Haywood Highsmith playing really really well off the bench? I don't know. Uh, you Worked kn- for Lonnie Walker, have a good game in a blowout, and then come and do it when it actually matters. So I think he should at least play uh, <laughs> in Game Six in Miami. Uh, yeah, friendly confines. He's if athletic. Why not? But I don't think he needs to start. I think you still got to start Lowry. You got to hope for a throwback. You got to start Cody Martin. He's a guy who can, or Caleb Martin can at least bring the ball up the court, give Jimmy a little bit of rest. But the ball has to be in Jimmy's hands all the time in game six. He's got to yeah. really be the point guard because they need a huge Jimmy game. He hasn't had a huge one for a while here. 150 teams have faced a 3 0 series deficit in NBA history. Only three teams have forced that game seven where they all went on to lose, but the 03 Blazers, the 94 Nuggets, and the 51 Knicks. Who can forget the 51 Knicks? But all three of those teams that I just listed were lesser seeds, right? Um, you know, playing objectively better teams. So that's not true here with the Celtics. When you look at the regular season, obviously the team that went to the finals before, and it's something we've already talked about. Like, if this is going to happen, it would happen in this situation, where the number two seed was down 3-0, and then they're the one that comes comes back, especially with home court advantage there in Games 5, which they took care of business, and potentially in Game 7. Do you also believe like it's must-win for the Miami Heat in Game 6, or you wouldn't be quick to say it's over and it's like an automatic Game 7 win to Boston at home? I think every Game 7 is a 50-50. So I don't think it's okay. over uh, if the Heat lose Game 6, but I'm with Tass. Game 6 is Game 7. Like, Jimmy should be prepared to go 48 minutes, 53 minutes if it goes into overtime. Same with Bam. Like, with all of the banged up players on the Heat, you need huge performances from the Stars, and they got to be ready to go as long as possible. You'd think Jimmy Butler will perform uh, in Game Six, and it it is a uh, a little bit creepy, but it sort of mirrors last year what he did against the Boston Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals. That also went seven games. This one hasn't gone seven games, but uh, the way it started through the first five, eerily similar. He started forty one last year. 29 in game two, then 8, 6, and 13 in games three, four, and five, and then bam, a 47 job in game six, and, mm-hmm. and then a 35 in, in game seven, where he was masterful the last couple games. So, uh, yeah, they the Celtics came back after game three. Uh, a great story by Jay King about how they met, and assistant coach stepped up and said, We had a bad week. Let's let's hold each other accountable. Let's 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 come back in Game Four. They did that, um, and I think the the way the Heat are in that locker room, I think they'll do the same type of thing here, uh, where they're yeah a, a little bit on each other uh, to not 
slip let the ball slip out of their hands to start the game and that kind of thing so i think we'll see a better heat in game six we could have an iconic game on saturday night in all honesty game six here uh with the heat trying to become only the second number eight seed to go to the finals celtics trying to force this game seven trying to become the only fourth team to even get it there after being down 3-0 jimmy after the game said yeah we got to play better (laughs) start the game off better on the starters make it more difficult for them they're in a rhythm since the beginning of the game that was very true in game five but we are always going to stay positive knowing that we can and we will win this series. We'll just have to close it out at home. So Jimmy, uh, you know, doubling down on, don't worry, we're going to win this. But I'm with you, Trey. He's got to play much, much better and just be more forceful. And, you know, start getting to the line and all of that because it's been sort of quiet here for at least the last 72 minutes of this series. He did have a 20... 20- Point half uh, in game four, but it went under the radar yeah. a little bit because Tatum uh, really took over the game and it felt like Jimmy was just trying to keep pace with uh, Tatum and couldn't really get the heat over the edge, and that's what happened. But uh, he's obviously got it uh, deep in the bag, but I don't know, it's getting harder and harder because it feels like every time a heat player falls down, it takes him two and a half minutes to get up because something's wrong, right? Like, Max Struess went down at one point last night. He looked hurt. Caleb Martin went down at one point. He looked hurt. Gabe Vincent sprained his own ankle. Kyle Lowry going through a lot of injuries. Kevin Love had an injury in game three. Is that what it was? He only played five minutes or something like that. He has not looked good coming back. Cody Zeller, healthy. Healthy and handsome. He's the only guy who's not getting hurt out there. Um, Any random notes from this one you guys were on playback last night taking in game five uh which you know got out of control pretty early um but yeah any uh, anything you got randomly what did you think of uh tyler hero's outfit that was uh, a oh. lot of talk on both the broadcast from stan van gundy and on our playback was the white backwards hat with the white striped two-piece suit that many are calling pajama-ish <laughs> did you like that more or less and the black striped with the purple bucket. <laughs> uh, I liked it more. I liked it Same. more. Universal it, mainly. Be, oh, really? Yeah, okay. Stan Van Gundy as well. <laughs> it's <laughs> he was true. A, purple. A purple bucket hat's a lot to get over for people. I do believe. Okay. Yeah. I think get- that, that is, scrap the hats. I like the game four look better. <laughs> scrap the hats were a problem. <laughs> right. The and purple bucket. Yeah, yeah. That's all you could look at in game four was the hat rather than what he was wearing. It took away true. from his, his outfit. True. Well, what about scratch the hats? Scratch the the suits. Put on a jersey. Could we see Tyler Hero at all in game six? They showed him warming up in a headband. The guy loves headwear now. <laughs> headwear Hero. Um, nah, I don't think so. No, I think he think, just got cleared to start doing stuff, yeah, right? Yeah. A mo- it, it feels yeah. more like a must-win game. If he was ready, why not bring him in the game where that's at least he got a little bit of a leash here in game five? Mm. I think that would have made more sense than So you don't game think six. so? No, I, I think we'll I'm see with you. Gabe. I don't think we see him. I'm guessing we'll see Gabe. Right. I and mean, it's ignorant. I have no idea. But... He got a couple days off. He's a tough dude. It was odd. I think everybody stopped, doesn't remember that he did come back. Uh, and then le- he hit a shot, and then he left. Uh, <laughs> so good sign, bad sign. I don't know. They're also not telling us whether it's a grade one, grade two, grade three, keeping mm-hmm. it under the yeah. wraps. But it, it'd be nice just to fill it the rotation. Kyle was just lost uh, a little bit. Um, he's He's been playing fairly well. I, I know his, his numbers have come down, but he just knows how to – not turn it over uh, when he's with the bench players, but not with the starters, apparently. Uh, anything else? I don't remember anything. Hmm. Uh, Jason Tatum threw a funny pass when he just like whipped that behind the back one. <laughs> Jason cool. Tatum played like yeah. a perfect game for 99% of yeah. the game, and the 1% was a very weird behind-the-back pass <laughs> to Jalen Brown pass. streaking, and it went like 40 feet ahead of him, and everybody like, Jalen Brown was even like, what? Yeah, shrug what are you doing? Like, all oh. around. All right. Yeah, we're up 20. Yeah. I mean, that's a yeah, Steph, exactly. Steph Curry, like, let's screw around type play. <laughs> that's a dagger highlight kind of play right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon uh, didn't play in the second half because he's got a partial tendon tear in his elbow. Yep. You saw Peyton Pritchard minutes. Those didn't go well. So that's a something that could uh, It's not a concern but, if Derek White plays the way he does. No, Who but you got to play a lot. I mean, he's got to play. Derek White's now starting. Uh, mm-hmm. So you got to play 40, 45. So, yeah, Derek White is on fire, obviously, both ends. He's been playing phenomenally. Game six, Saturday night in Miami. And here's what we're going to do. It's Memorial Day weekend on Monday. Uh, You know, a lot of people will have the day off here in the States. So we're going to podcast on Sunday from the Classic Factory. So we'll be recapping whatever happens in game six. Either Miami punches their way to the NBA Finals or we got a game seven, baby, and we'll have to drop the Zaza uh, after 
uh, a Celtics win if that's to happen. So we'll be here at 10 a.m. Eastern on Sunday morning, and then we'll take the Monday off. Makes sense for everybody? Sounds cool to right? me. Why not? Yeah. I think we're getting like a legendary game here in game six I, I got a really good feeling we've had a couple blowouts now uh celtics have looked awesome for you know uh three halves in a row going back to the second half of game four but you know you know or yeah at least i got a feeling that of course jimmy and spo are gonna like they're gonna play with a lot more force and i think both teams will so i think that's gonna make for an iconic game here yeah, um, Jimmy is slowly but surely getting closer to guaranteeing a victory. After the Game 4 <laughs> loss, he's like, all I'm going to say is that we're okay. This one he said, we're going to win, but didn't say guarantee. Right. I guess he's saving that in case. <laughs> if they go down Game 6 to come with a guarantee in Game 7, bold move. Uh, but yeah, hopefully Game 6 will be awesome. My one last random note I yeah. forgot. Uh, Grant Williams doing uh, an interview in the hallway after the game. Did yep. you see this? With yep. uh, hmm. Jalen Brown and Al Horford slapping him on the booty. <laughs> Ouch. Ouch. That hurt. <laughs> pretty funny. Yeah, pretty funny. That's a big old booty. I'd love, love to give it a slap. <laughs> they seem to enjoy it. Yeah, sure. yeah. Like, well, I'm passing that. I'm Juicy. giving that a slap. Uh, that's a lap dance right there. Right? <laughs> on you. Uh, all right, let's take our first break. When we come back, we're going to play a little Is This News. Don't go anywhere. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. All right, back here in the Classic Factory. Let's play a little Is This News. been a while is this news throw a headline at you guys and you tell me whether or not it's really newsworthy first one it's from shams of the athletic tweeting yesterday the nba's competition committee is discussing the potential of an in-game penalty for flops that would result in a technical foul free throw the trial is possible at summer league in july so not confirmed that they're going to do it there at summer league but maybe Task is this news the idea of uh, in-game penalties for flopping? This is most definitely news because I do think the NBA has had a, a successful endeavor here with the take foul, the one plus the ball for these intentional fouls to stop breakaway, runaway plays. So I think they are serious about trying to take away tech free throws. That I mean, sorry, take away flops with a punishment being a tech free throw. The worrisome part is, I feel like a lot of reviews are coming, and uh, yeah, buddy, and they don't seem to be going any faster. Yeah, the take fouls are good um, in that they've been taken away from the game, sure, but um, there hasn't been a lot of video reviews regarding those. Those are just like those are speedy. Um, the video reviews are just taking long, is all I'm saying, and I don't think they're getting any faster. They should be getting faster. They should be coming down from Seacockus. They should be coming down from the actual review center where they can review it, and then the refs get on the horn like they do in EuroLeague like we saw the other day uh, when we were watching the Final Four, and they already have some sort of idea of what's going to be called, and they discuss it, and it's done. This just gonna feels like it's going to take forever. Trey? Uh, I'm with Tess. I think this is giving – a little bit more for the refs to do, which means this is going to turn from a ref judgment call of is it a block or a charge into is it a block or a charge plus is it a flop or not flop. We're going to be going to the review board a lot more often and we're adding a technical free throw into it. So a flop has now gone from something that's annoying to something that's triple annoying. I don't... Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I mean, we'll see how it works at Summer League if they do it, but this... I don't know. I don't think this is totally necessary, personally. To play devil's advocate, maybe we have to go through some shitty viewing experiences, like you're saying, longer looks at the video reviews, whether it's a flop or not. Maybe we have to do it for a little bit to then hopefully remove guys from flopping 
because if there is a real penalty, whatever happened to guys being fined for flopping? <laughs> that was a thing. Exactly right. And then that went away. It feels like it went away. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, but, you know, if you're hurting your team because you're flopping, because you're giving the team another shot, points in theory, then maybe these guys stop doing it. I mean, this I'm, 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 I'm hoping here. But I agree with all you're saying. Like, holy crap. Now, not only are we trying to figure out what's a block and a charge, now we're trying to figure out whether that guy embellished it. And they're so good at it, sometimes it's tough. Yeah, it's a Sometimes lot. it's difficult. Yeah, sometimes it's you're like, tough. that's a flop, and sometimes it's like, oh, I don't know. Did he fall over more than he needed to? Maybe? He got hit? You know? <laughs> yeah. So It's something that has to be reviewed. <laughs> that's the thing. Yeah, you, you, totally. just, you just can't know off the bat. Yeah. It's, it's unlike a take foul. Uh, it's, it's more similar to a block charge where you have to look at it and you have to evaluate it. So... It does sort of make sense to find somebody after the fact where you can go and watch the tape. And it's not part of the viewing experience. It's, it's not part of the entertainment package to take another couple minutes. That's after the fact. That's, that's a late-night viewing party with McCutcheon uh, hanging out at midnight. This, yeah, well, it's going to take time. That's the worrisome part. And that's why it's different than a take foul, which has been successful. That's that's been a great move. We barely see the take foul yeah. anymore uh, in the NBA. It just doesn't happen a lot because it's one in the ball. So the penalty, the penalty from this flop idea does make sense. Yeah, but I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, maybe we got to go through the, uh, some trials and tribulations. But on the other side, I, don't, I just don't know if it's going to be any faster unless they get faster up in the replay center where they sort of make the call. Yeah, and yeah. and that's that's what we always always talk about. But it, yeah, the. The penalty is a good idea. I just don't know how it's implemented because, yeah, we, we see too many flops. There's no doubt. Well, the way to do it is, I guess, put it in Summer League or put it in the G League and try it out and see what yeah. impact it has on game time and how the flow of it's going and whether it is reducing uh, actual guys trying to, like, embellish, uh, you know, the, the contact and all that. So give it a go. <laughs> do your research on it and the summer league then part, decide. Let's see Sum- what they can do. Summer League part is funny, though. It's like 10 days of basketball mm-hmm. oh yeah let's throw it in there in the nba next season i mean that's fast you do it in the the g league for a full season okay uh next one here in an appearance on espn's pardon the interruption brian windhorst said the philadelphia 76ers do not want to pay james harden top dollar that they're allowed to in free agency quote this is windhorse the 76ers have not shown an appetite to pay Harden the max that's why they asked him to take a pay cut last year the Sixers are not really motivated to pay him that max salary if they don't think anybody else is going to do it. So is this news? Trey, you get it started. Uh, Windhorse saying the Sixers don't want to pay Harden max contract. Wait, I thought James Harden gave up that money out of the goodness of his heart, Skates. <laughs> he did it for the team. And now he's trying to get paid. I think Windhorse also basically said... Houston's laying it on a little too thick here. Houston and Harden uh, <laughs> trying to drum up another offer, a max offer that the uh, that Houston would have or that Philadelphia would have to go over the top. So I don't know. It kind of feels like Houston is going to challenge James Harden either to find a deal from Phoenix if he wants to actually try and win a ring, but I don't know how they can pay him what he's going to want or go play on a non-contender. So Harden's going to have a choice: get a ton of money and not get a ring, or take a slightly smaller contract with Philadelphia and, and still not get be a on a contender. <laughs> hey, I didn't say that. Come on, Skeets. You know I'm out right now, but September, there's going to be a picture of James Harden looking cut for Harden, uh, and I'll be right back in. Okay. I will 100% be back in. I can't stop. What do you think, Tess? Uh, I, to me, it feels like this is the end of Harden and the Sixers because if there's any sort of feeling of being slighted, then he's out. Uh, we've seen him leave a couple teams in the past because of that. I mean, he hasn't been comfortable in those situations. It hasn't been money, but it's a, a situation where he hasn't felt extremely wanted. While the Rockets, I do think, are laying it on a little too thick, but they're going to give him more of what he wants, which is money, and uh, maybe even the ball in his hands a little bit more and be able to do what is what he wants. Now, four years at the max is too much. <sighs> So we talked about it. The Rockets definitely have to figure out some creative money figure, some creative way of a partial guarantee in the third year, maybe no uh, no guaranteed money in the fourth year uh, to be able to move on from James Harden when he's 36, 37. But I wouldn't count Matt Ishbia out of this. I wouldn't count the Suns out of this because I, I, I do agree. I don't know how they make this happen, but they've got a partial guarantee on Chris Paul think they can get creative uh, basically they'd have to move on from Chris Paul uh, to sub in James Harden right. which might feel uh, 
yeah, like you're stabbing Chris Paul in the back, but Ishbia, he's making moves. So, you know, if you can find somebody to take on the, the half-guaranteed contract of Chris Paul next year, be able to lose some money there, save some money, boom, boom. You got Harden as your point guard. So your concern with Harden is less maybe like the guy's going to make $40, $50 million on his next deal probably in year one. You just don't love the idea of four years of James Harden at $210 million or $202 million, which I believe another team can give him sort of max money. 50 mil Hmm. uh, for four years, like you said, getting up there in age. Yeah, it feels exactly like what happened to Chris Paul, even though Chris Paul makes far less money than 50 mil. Uh, You know, he's in the $30 million range, but yeah, paying him into his late 30s. Mid 30s, all right, I can see it, but... Yeah, a couple years at the max, and then, yeah, I think it makes sense for both teams-ish. You know, the Rockets and, and the Sixers, but somebody's going to sneak in there. There is the issue that Philadelphia's in a tough spot here because it's like Harden goes, and it's like, it's not like they're going like, to be like, all right, we got a ton of money to go figure out who our other point guard is. Like, no, that's not the case, the way they're, uh, obviously their, their cap space is at least currently constructed. So it's like, that's why Harden's got them a little bit by the balls here. Um, that's right. In theory. Uh, so we'll see. Do you, if you're a betting man, is Harden on the Sixers at the start of next season, or do you agree with Tass that maybe he's on another squad, Houston or somewhere else? My guess would be Philadelphia. Okay. I think just because they are going to want to do everything possible to keep Embiid happy, and I think the Sixers are still a better team if it's Embiid, Harden, and Maxi rather than Embiid and Maxi. Like I think Maxi's a great player, but I don't know if he's ready to be the number one point guard alongside Joel Embiid. And they're still a title contender. They still think they're going to be in the mix for a championship next year. So they're likely negotiating through the media, just like Houston and Harden is right now, trying to get a better deal. But when it comes down to it, they might have to pay up and figure out other stuff, trading Tobias Harris and rejiggering the bench, that kind of stuff. Yeah, and they are still looking for a new coach, too, in Philadelphia. Yep. Uh, next one, final one, Sacramento Kings. They haven't updated their primary home and road jerseys since 2017. But that seems like it's about to change. Uh, a jersey refresh, it's been rumored for a while. And last week, the Kings shared this teaser that we're watching here live on YouTube, which seems to confirm those rumors that uh, a new jersey's coming. We got some updated script work word marks. Um, so this is not timely because I missed this last week, but sportslogos.net all over it. Uh, is this news that the Kings are doing some sort of refresh here, TK, when it comes to their look? Uh, yeah, it's definitely news. Um, I love a script logo, first and foremost. Yeah. Uh, definitely better than what the Kings have going now, but we're acting like a six years of wearing the same jersey is a long time before you need a refresh. I don't think so, Tim. I hope they stay with purple and black would be my other thing. I don't want them to switch to the old Royals colors of red, white, and blue. I mean, they right. look fine. They look cool as a retro, certainly, but the Kings just had their greatest season ever shooting a purple laser into the sky. You can't get rid of that right now. Right, right, right. So the word mark is similar to what the Kings wore on their home and road uniforms, like, you know, mid-80s to mid-90s, really, for a decade. Um, but they did wear a lot of their black jerseys, Trey, in in the playoffs here, which I think is their statement jersey, mm-hmm. and uh, their gray ones, those city jerseys. We saw less from the white ones and the purple ones, the association and the icon. Um, and so I wonder... If those are the ones that are getting the the new look, the updated look, at least, Tess. Yeah, uh, that to me, like what you just said uh, about the playoffs wearing their different jerseys, that that almost makes me not care exactly which are the what they're wearing for their home and their roads because you can just wear your cities and your statements. That's what the Denver Nuggets are doing. They're wearing both, you know, the Mile High City jerseys and then the statements, which are that little Denver font uh, that's grown on me uh, a little bit, the, the, the standard brown font. So those two have been prominently figured in their postseason mm-hmm. run. So I wouldn't hate it if they do a little bit more cursive on on their main jerseys. Sure, sure. Um, but stick Because with they can the go purple, with the other ones. Like Trey said, yeah, I, yeah. Agree, I agree with Trey on that. I think at this point, when you're good, you can go to cursive. Uh, that's, when, that's when you do it, right? And we had a couple people from Rochester, New York, the old home of the, the Sacramento Kings yesterday in our chat. Uh, two people from Rochester, New York. Um, maybe it's a sign. Maybe it's a sign that they're going back to the old script Kings font. But, yeah, a lot, a lot need purple. Um, 
you know, I, I think if we look at the the current font, it's not it's not all that amazing. No, uh, no, I, I like I like the updated now. one. Yeah. yeah, if yeah. this is the one they're going with, which we assume they are, and uh, we'll find out whether the jerseys are refreshed at the very least, new, whatever you want to call it. Uh, probably coming soon. That said, coming soon, and that was released on May sixteenth. <laughs> What's soon? Mm-hmm. How much of a window do you have with soon? <laughs> coming soon to me is uh, you got a week. <laughs> oh, so it's been too long. I think so. I guess at the, I mean, how many days are in May? Thirty. Thirty days. So they got four days. It's got to be within the month. Within the at month, the very least. All right. <laughs> I, th- I think they they had a feeling that the conference finals were going to be over. Time. Oh, uh, they wanted this window. They're, yeah. they're going to do it soon. So they're waiting for the Eastern Conference Finals. <laughs> I'm to, saying to the conference up. finals are going to be over soon. Uh, <laughs> well, they're going to do it soon. Saturday or Monday, yeah, they're yeah. over. Uh, so next week, next week we're going to get a dump. Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah, we're seeing these jerseys. Full full effect. So. Darren Fox and and Demont Savonis have already worn these jerseys, right? I imagine, or are they going to be in a pre- an, an actual step on stage modeling? Oh, I don't think we're going that far with this. This feels no. like a just a hey, here's a tweak, here's the word mark. We're already leaking that, and then here's the new uh, association and icon jerseys. Tough that guy just with the us, yeah. just with the new script, maybe on a dummy, on a mannequin, maybe just photos. <laughs> I always like when they release those photos and they have like all the breakdowns of like what this means. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. you will note the little um, crown on the dot of the eye and stuff like that. The I like those. crown is tilted at a seventeen-degree <laughs> yes, yes. angle to mark the seventeen years we didn't make the playoffs and then finally broke through. Uh, if I'm making predictions <laughs> on who's going to be modeling these jerseys, give me Keegan Murray. I think he'll be the guy. Okay. Young guy, handsome. Smiley. Right. <laughs> Probably looks good. Okay, so I you think, think, you I think they're going to do that? I think it's going to be Demontis Sabonis because we watched the Final Four last week in Lithuania, his home country of Lithuania. Okay. Arvidas Sabonis was there courtside. He was. Others were there, mm-hmm. other European players. Demontis was not. I think they're holding him back here <laughs> because they said, hey, we've got to do this thing soon. <laughs> why, but I, I don't, why don't they just do it now? But maybe they want actual people there in attendance the media i'm there they're they're saying you got to stay here you got to stay here for weeks my friend you're calling your shots with who's going to be uh showing off these new jerseys you tell us which sacramento kings player if any will be wearing these new jerseys what do you got breaking news come soon is now uh breaking news to me turns out 31 days in may Oh, you said Oops. 30. Well, yep. nobody corrected you, so nah. nobody knew. I always, <laughs> have to like, do, yeah, yeah, yeah. I always have to do the song. 30 days, has September, April, May, I know. Well, did I say it? Right? You just said it, man. 30 days have September, April, May, and November, but I think it's April, well, June, June, and, and November. November. Yeah. Oh, you guys sing songs. Huh? Yeah, isn't that? That is the thing, right? Uh, I obviously don't know it because I'm a saying song, the wrong and then there was also I do the something, fingers. Fingers easy. You're supposed oh, to do like January. January. Yeah, yeah. Up, down, up, no, down. No, I go right? fingers. Knuckle, yeah. January. Top of the finger is yep. a 31, okay, bottom. Okay. January, yep. February, March, April, May, June, July. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Those are all tops. That works too. I, I learned knuckles. Tops That's... being the shorter month. No. But what do you do? <laughs> what do you mean? Well, you, you just hold on. Hand. Do it again then. Do it again. January, February. How many days are in January? 31. 31. Yeah. Okay, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> so difficult. Do it, do it. March, April, May, June, July. Where was May on that? Down. Thir- yeah. No. What? Up. It's up. Fifth one. 31 days in May. Everybody knows that. Five, yeah. <laughs> 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 okay, so they have a couple door to hit one, one extra day, day to release these damn jerseys. Uh, we got to take one more break. When we come back, rapid fire fun with some insane questions because JD wrote them. <laughs> Don't go anywhere. It's NBA playoffs time, and that means NBA snack time. I can't stop eating while I'm watching. So many options in my house that I got to cut out a bit. I got to switch it up, but I know I'm not giving up. Sunflower seeds, sure. But maybe something that's not a food for that oral fixation, perhaps? Good thought. Here's a breath of fresh air. Fume. Fume takes your habit and simply makes it better, healthier, and more enjoyable. Fume is an innovative, award-winning flavored air device. Instead of vapor, Fume uses flavored air. Instead of electronics, Fume is completely natural. And instead of harmful chemicals, Fume uses delicious flavors. You get it. Instead of bad, Fume is good. It's a habit you're free to enjoy and makes replacing your bad habit easy. Its taste is surprising. All natural stuff. It's fun to fidget with, and it's a good weight. The wood feels good, and it feels cool to use. Start the good habit by going to tryfume.com dunks and getting the journey pack today. 
Fume is giving listeners to the show 10% off when they use our code DUNKS to help make starting the good habit that much easier. I got to get something off my chest. Nothing drives me crazier than sending a message to a group chat and getting no response. That's why I'm a big emoji responder. Love a hang loose hand or a salute. But man, it hurts when you send a message and get nothing back. Ouch. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks. This episode of No Dunks is brought to you by BetterHelp. Wow. We just spent that entire break looking at the calendar, <laughs> confirming what months have 31 days and which ones don't. Honestly, dumbest I've felt since trying to figure out how an ATM works. <laughs> Tess knows this kind of stuff, though. Yeah, I know ATMs, the boring stuff. calendars. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, let's wrap up this uh, drop podcast with some rapid-fire fun. Like I said, JD's got the questions. We've got the answers. Let's do it. Yeah, guys. Um, well, let me get organized here. Here we go. Uh, this week... Skeets shared a Vice article with the headline that reads, How Toe Socks Became My Surprise NYC Spring Essential. According to the author, Toe Socks with Tiva Sandals say, quote, yeah, let's have a picture of it. Quote, I'm here for a good time, not a long time. And quote, I'm a single, thirsty pansexual. Guys, what's a must-have fashion Luke? How do you say that? L-E-W-K? Luke? <laughs> look. What's a fashion look that represents you perfectly? Skeets. Yeah. Well, I shared this toe sock Ugh. article because remember a long, long time ago, we were at a cottage and a guy showed up in toe socks. <laughs> Rainbow colored toe socks. Yeah. It blew our minds. This was like this was like 15 years ago at this point. It's a long right. time ago. Yeah. It's early. Anyway, so it made me think of this person. Um, my must-have fashion look I think for this summer, I've uh, Nora and I just booked a trip to northern Italy, so I think it's got to be a linen shirt nice. and some some quality swimwear. Nice. Right? That's going to be the pair. I got a couple uh, invites to some pool parties this weekend for Memorial Day weekend, next weekend, so I'm going to start trying it out here, stateside, and then taking it to northern Italy <laughs> in, in late September. Linen shirt, good, good swim trunks. Nice. Tassie? I can't stop looking at these damn toe socks. I I, I despise them. And this, uh, we, you said it was a pan. The person felt pansexual or pantsexual because uh, those are cool pants. That was like a heavy pant. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot going on here. Yeah, um, one it, leg only though, huh? Yeah, that's why I'm confused. <laughs> and the pants are sort of falling off. I feel like she's hiking up yeah. just to show off, maybe? I don't know. But the you can pan- wear a shorts or pants. <laughs> and the socks almost look like a cast. Like, they look stiff. Maybe yeah. it's the color. I don't know. Uh, yeah, so I can't get over that. Anyway, uh, question my look. Yeah. Uh, I also, linen. Linen! Lin- myself, top to bottom. Uh, <laughs> button up top, linen shirt. Yeah. And uh, free-flowing pants. Nice. And uh, definitely sandal, a slip-in sandalia that I'm wearing on my feet because I'm just so easygoing. I'm so easygoing. That's actually the person I want to be, a person who wears linen. Nowhere close (laughs) to being a person who wears linen. I'm uptight. But You're too uptight to wear linen? Yeah, if you wear linen, you are carefree. This guy's on a trip. Imagine being on a trip. You're in somewhere hot. You don't have a job. Well, you're most likely if you're wearing linen. Top you, to bottom? You got to be comfortable being Rumpelstiltskin. Yeah. When you're wearing yeah. linen. Yeah. Wrinkles. Yeah. yeah. No doubt. There's yeah. no doubt. Yeah. You don't give a crap. That's the whole thing. 
You're wearing linen. Right. Uh, You're wearing linen. Okay. So, yeah, I, top to bottom. Am I wearing a hat? A linen hat? I don't know. They make those. <laughs> <laughs> Sound nice. <laughs> That's not nice. Uh, Trey. Yeah, I mean, it's the wife respecter for me. Mm-hmm. It's all about that Toretto mentality. Uh, that's how I'm trying to live my life. Quarter mile at a time. <laughs> Family. <laughs> Lifting weights. Just kidding. But I do want to have bigger shoulders. Uh, but yeah, you know, I'm trying to show a lot of chest hair. Trying to be a little sexier this summer. Jamal okay. Murray. Mm-hmm. I like it. It's time, yeah. Uh, I told the guys on playback yesterday, I don't know, I got home after we recorded No Buffs. Uh, threw on a pair of shorts. Looking at the drawer. No shirt. Just going to go outside. Be the dad shooting around in the driveway by himself wearing no shirt. Didn't put one on until we started the playback stream last night. This is the best you're getting. Nice. Way wow. to put your foot down. Yeah. People are anti sh- anti no shirts for men right now. People are anti no shirts. They right? are right? really yes, absolutely. Uh, That's good. Absolutely. <laughs> People are anti no shirts for men. Yeah, anti men topless. Yes, absolutely. All right. Well, Laura called you a dirt bag out on the water, right? When you were wearing a, weren't wearing a shirt. I get I get called a dirt bag a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's got nothing to do with this fashion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, he was bag. on the water and you get called a dirt bag if for you not can, wearing. You can't take your shirt off anymore. Oh, that's insane. <laughs> People are anti-no shirts for bed. Wow. <laughs> There's a water bag out there. It's crazy. Especially on the water. On the water, it's... You gotta wear your life jacket, but also... <laughs> yeah. Go, go shirtless underneath. Of course. Anyways, guys, it's Memorial Day weekend, and summer movie season is officially upon us. We all saw Fast X uh, this week. Film yeah. session coming soon. Our man Eshua just saw The Little Mermaid last night, and Stan Van Gundy told us he's definitely gonna be seeing Oppenheimer when it comes out in theaters. Guys, Skeet specifically, to start, what movie do you have to see in the theater this summer? I guess I gotta go see Asteroid City. Yeah. Wes Anderson's new flick. The reviews are in. And people are saying this movie's incredible. I love Wes Anderson. Same. Love, love, love him. Um, there are some movies, you know, recently that I've not been the biggest fan of. French Dispatch. Brutal. Terrible. Did not like it. Yeah. I gotta be honest. I don't love Grand Budapest Hotel. I love I it. I don't love I, that I, one. I but anyway, it. anyway. Watch um, it again. Watch it again. Yeah, maybe. The second viewing is better. Okay. But, man, by all accounts, Asteroid City's like incredible it's getting like these eight minutes standing ovations at cans yeah but that doesn't mean anything. i know They're the always... hoity-toity filmmakers who but, times uh... those by the way <laughs> well, I, know, I saw six to eight minutes is what okay. i saw okay maybe some people started sitting down yeah at the six minute mark but some people kept standing for yeah. two more minutes sure yeah it's got to be hard to time do you go from when the first person stands up right. or when the majority of the crowd stands right. up but though, i'm t- I, there's plants in there there's a, like pr <laughs> plants right. who are standing there right. like and everybody oh. feels awkward and they don't i'm telling you well i'm, I'm i've been convinced that i gotta go see this and uh, I will be going to the theaters. I believe it comes out in June to see Asteroid City with that okay. star-studded cast. FYI, I, we were talking about this yesterday, and as soon as I opened up some social media, the first thing I saw was Hollywood Reporter did not like it. Oh, interesting. So okay, well, after you, yeah. So, uh, but it, but Rotten Tomatoes, it's very it's very highly rated. All right, Tassie, I'm gonna see Spider Man. Across the Spider Verse. Oh yeah. yeah it looks Is good. that out out yet or no? No, no I don't think it's June. out yet. Sometime in June. Yeah. Okay, does look good. Uh, yeah, I'm into Across the Spider Verse. Right, yeah, last one was Into the Spider Verse. So many names. Uh, so many spiders. Yeah. So many, this one is going to be the most confusing one yet, though. Right, right. Yeah, I think uh, so. Yeah, because they all get together. Do you see? They're all in there. Oh, I saw. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like assisted yeah. living for Spider-Man. They're just they're everywhere. It's going to be like the tenant of Spider-Man movies, I think. But uh, I'm into it. I'm into Miles Morales as the the main character. Sam. The main Miles. Is there a Spider Ham again? Probably there has to be. Right? Got to be right. Huge yeah, hit. Yeah, was- John Mulaney. Get that guy a paycheck. Oh, that's who it was. Yeah. John Mulaney. Yeah, of course. I just watched his uh, recent stand-up yeah. on Netflix. And? It's okay. Yeah, I saw it okay. I saw it when he was here at the Roxy. It was good. I liked it. Oh, you saw him live? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. That was months ago, though. Nice. I assumed that it was mostly that. Um, multiverse? We're not sick of it yet? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, who knows? Who knows? You got to be in now. I know, right? Phase four, phase five. It's all about the multiverse. 
Did you like, see? I've, se I've seen all the Spider-Men together, but they were humans. Now they're gonna be right. animated. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Did you see Quantumania? Not yet. Yeah, I haven't either. Do we I'll need to? <laughs> I guess we do. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. We're still on this train. It's now. Yeah, we're still. <laughs> yeah, it's free-ish. Uh, Trey. Yeah, June second. June second. June second. Uh, bet you were wishing May only had thirty days now, aren't you? <laughs> 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 gotta wait one extra day. Yeah, speaking of multiverse, I guess I gotta see the Flash. Yeah. Unfortunately, the trailer looks awesome. And yeah. I said Michael Keaton's the only Batman for me. He's back. So I gotta watch this. Yeah. This one I feel like I have to. I'm so, like, man, they're, they're, they're luring me in here. Bringing back Keaton, that's big time. And it looks yeah. like the, the trailer looks awesome. The movie looks really cool. It does. It I got no does. idea what's happening, and I know this guy's not a good guy. The, the real <laughs> The guy. man who is the Flash. The man who is the Flash. The man yeah. who is the Flash. Doesn't seem to be a good guy. But this is a whole multiverse thing, too, multiverse. right? There's two yeah. Flashes. I'm not There's getting obviously in there. There's a multiverse. million Batmans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, okay. I mean, we saw this two years ago. Anyways. I can't believe no one said Mission Impossible. I mean, that's insane to me. Oh, yeah. It's Coming out soon? Uh, Mid-July, I believe. That's a, that's one you want to see in the movie theaters, Whew. for sure. Yes, yep. 100%. Okay, last one. Speaking of movies and speaking of Fast X, I pulled my youngest son, Jackson, out of class on Tuesday to go see the latest in the Fast and Furious franchise. What's the best thing you ever skipped school for? Skeets. I don't know if this is the best thing, but it's by far the weirdest thing I ever skipped school for. I've said before, I lived really close to high school, um, like within walking distance, like it was a couple blocks. So we, usually Brody and myself, my buddy Brody, we would go home for lunch. So we would leave, go to my place, make a bunch of grilled cheese sandwiches, you know, hang out for an hour and then head back. At some point in doing this, do you remember a show called Ben, ben Murgy Live? <laughs> No. Do you remember a guy named Ralph Ben Murgy in Canada? Okay. No. Ralph Ben, ben Murgy. Yeah, Ben Murgy. Am I saying that incorrectly? I think it's Ralph Ben Murgy. What am I saying? Ben Murgy. <laughs> You're like putting a French spin on it. <laughs> well, okay, is he not French? Uh, I don't think so. I don't, so. I don't know. Actually. I don't know. No, he probably isn't. Okay, anyway, whatever, however you say it, Ben Murgy live was a Canadian television talk show. It aired daily at noon. <laughs> on CBC Newsworld in like the 90s. Crazy. So this is like exactly when, you know, we were in high school, early in high school there, uh, mid-90s. It was a weird show. It was like, a, you know, it was about politics, but cultural topics. They had panel guests. They had a studio audience. It was live, and they did phone-in segments, okay? Okay. So, for whatever reason, Brody and I watched this show while we were eating grilled cheese sandwiches, and every day we would try and call in. So once... The topic was, it was something like songs you love to sing, but hate to love. Mm -hmm. Like that type of vibe. That sure. was the topic. Sure. So weird. Guilty pleasure. We try and call. Brody gets through. And we're like, holy crap. He got through. He like got actually talking to someone. And, they, and then he gave his answer. And they're like, yeah, that's great. Well, well, we'll, get you, we'll bring you on in a second. So, you know, it's live television. <laughs> so it's like, get, keep getting delayed and delayed sure. and delayed. And we're like, uh, we're going to be late for school. We're like, well, we got to see this through. Like, we got through. So I start recording it on VCR. And Brody gets on. And the song he picked was Lean On Me by Bill Withers. What? <laughs> I know. And Brody's... I hate that I love Bill Withers. <laughs> and so Brody's singing it on this weird Canadian talk show. We're recording it. I'm going nuts. We're way late for school. So we... <laughs> He obviously gets off. We're having the time of our life. We stop it. We go in. We're, like I said, like class is basically finishing, but we come in right at the end. We brought the tape. And we're like, <laughs> they're like, where have you been? You know, they're all upset, the, the teacher. And we're like, oh, this happened. And so then we played it for the class. I can't believe she allowed it. Wow. She allowed us to play it for the class of Brody doing a weird <laughs> rendition of Lean on Me on live. Oh, so he sang it on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Did, uh, yeah. did Brody so have cool. the same deep bass voice? Oh yeah! He oh yeah! <laughs> Maybe he was 16, 15. <laughs> <laughs> so again, best thing. thing I ever skipped school for? No, oh, but one funny. of the weirdest things we at least missed on the entire afternoon for to get on <laughs> Ben Murgy live. Like one of the deepest cuts ever on this show, yeah, and we've had some deep ones. I couldn't around. believe you remembered who he was. You I had no idea yeah. who he was. He had also like a actual. We only got two TV stations in Canada. How yeah. could I not? Ben Murgy. Yeah. I thought you were saying, as in his first name was Ben. ben his yeah. last Murgy. name was yeah. Murgy. Yeah. No, Ralph Ben Murgy. 
Oh. <laughs> ben Mergy, all one last name, huh? Yeah. yeah. Ben Mergy Life. I thought it would be like, uh... Like two, like, know. middle Van, name Ben. Yeah, like Ralph some... Ben Mergy. Yeah, 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 like yeah. Fred Van Fleet. Jewish last name, I guess. Jewish. He, he combined yeah, yeah. the Ben and the Mergy, though. B-E-N-M-E-R-G-U-I. Ralph Ben. That's right. Maybe I was adding my French flair to it. Uh, all right, uh, Jesse. What a weird story. What a weird, what a weird pick. What's up, Brody? What's, I mean, come on. Brody, <laughs> lead on me. <laughs> he, he didn't get the question. Obviously, you gotta ask lives. him. What do you mean? He didn't get white. Why would he not want to like that song? Yeah. It's lean on me. Yeah, I know. Well, there was or a movie that had about come it. out. Maybe it, it, that's like why, in Brody's like, defense, like we were trying to piece together this memory last night. I was like. I had nothing, and he was, like, pulling out the name of the show. I was like, oh, my God, it was called that. And, like, the song he sang, I'm like, oh, my God. But we're, like, we're a little unsure on what the topic was. Right. But it was something like <laughs> guilty pleasure. Okay. And also, like, keep in mind, we called in every day before we had no any matter answer. What. No matter and what. And so Brody finally gets through and probably was just like, uh, lean on me. I like this song. <laughs> yeah. Uh, That's great. Stuff. That's great stuff. Tassie, what's the best thing you ever skipped school for? Also, not an incredible story. Something I, I will never uh, tell as a great thing that I left school for. But you went home for lunch. I went to Little Caesars Pizza for lunch. Mm -hmm. uh, just getting a pie with that cornmeal texture. Uh, just spending money at Little Caesars. Walking there, getting inside. Hello, I would love to taste your <laughs> tomato sauce and dough. And then walking back. I mean, that, just, that just felt good. Just... Has anyone ever walked into a pizza shop and said, Hello, I would love to taste your pizza sauce and That's how I always order that. my pizza. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Uh, uh, because every single part of a Little Caesars pizza when I was young is also growing up in Canada. It was also a novel Hello. pizza chain. It was. Right. It wasn't. It wasn't any of the staples. Yeah. Little Caesars, in our neck of the woods, <laughs> it was a big deal. It was a big Hello. deal. Hello, I would they love had, to taste your pizza sauce and dough. They had corn with it. They had cornmeal. Uh, yeah, they so, did. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. Cornmeal. yeah that was, was new I, to us. Yeah, it sure. was new to us. It felt like a, a very special, special pie. So mm. that's how you had to had to ask for it. <laughs> Listen how lame we are as students. Our <laughs> skipping like, school is lunch. <laughs> yeah. yeah, literally lunch. Spilled over into I was late coming back for lunch. <laughs> he oh, just yeah. went for lunch and had pizza. And I just had my lunch at home like a big loser and called into the weirdest Canadian talk show. Ralph Ben And then taped it to take the evidence into school that, hey, we were, you know, smoking out back. We were on Ben Mergy yeah. Live. It's like a doctor's note. <laughs> It's my doctor's VHS. Dr. Ben Mergy said it's okay. <laughs> well, that was my first answer was smoking weed every day. Uh, I mean, really, yeah. that, but that was even, yeah, I felt lamer. There's some answers you can't answer, <laughs> yeah. you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, hello. I would like to try your pizza sauce and dough. <laughs> I gotta order a pizza that yeah. way. You want, you want any cheese? No. Yeah. I don't know. Extra corn mealy, please. <laughs> Uh, Trey, uh, what's the best thing you ever skipped Trey, school well, you got for? A real story. <laughs> okay, on. the year was 1996. Grant Hill was an ascendant rookie. Mm -hmm. No, he wasn't. He was a <laughs> maybe third-year player for Good the player. Detroit Pistons. Michael Jordan had recently returned for the Chicago Bulls. It was Christmas time, and my mom said, you can pick one pair of shoes. Mm. Do you want the Grant Hill 2s or the Air Jordan 11s? You know me. I'm a Bulls fan. Yeah. I chose the Grant Hill 2s. Oh. I lived with it for four long years. <laughs> Until October 2000, my senior year of high school, Jordan Brand re-released the Air Jordan 11, a shoe that was white, black, and purple. I played for a high school that was white, black, and purple, and mm. my mom said, you don't need to go to school. You are super smart. <laughs> so I took a day off of school to go buy a pair of shoes. Wow. Yeah, that was the wow. first time I ever did that. Uh, the first time I ever like went and tried to get a pair of shoes when they came out. Game changer. Were, were you standing in line? Uh, I don't remember there being a line uh, way back when at the Fox Valley Mall. I still got these shoes somewhere. They, these are a Keep Forever pair. And they oh, are, really? They are cooked. Oh, yeah. They are brown and black at this point. Ooh. Yeah. Can you restore? There, there's a way to restore old. I'm sure you could, like, wash them. The bottoms are yeah. very yellow. I don't know how you change oh, that part of it. Yeah, the gumness. Yeah. 
or I guess Ice Soul is probably what they called it. Mm. But it was great to right or wrong. <laughs> yeah, man. Nice. All right. Still haunted. Yeah, that's a real skip in school. Yeah. Jamie, what about you? I bet you got a good one. I mean, I I did skip school one time uh, <laughs> to uh, basically we went out to smoke weed, uh, Tass, and then I came back. Uh, so I basically missed the whole morning. Came back after lunch, and it was the day the Challenger blew up. Oh. So it was just like. <laughs> I literally swore off weed for like ten years after that. You thought it was like, your fault. <laughs> I was like, "Is this happening? Like, what is going?" Because they had it on, like they brought in a oh, TV, yeah, like yeah. which was huge, right? Like, oh, and so and when it was that just thing like, got wheeled in, uh, yeah, you know, exactly. Especially if you were watching live. TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's going on here? Yeah. And so you know, you're a little bit high, and then the you you're watching this disaster. Like it was crazy. It was yeah. crazy. So not a cool story, but <laughs> you know. It was the first thing that came to my mind. Just a formative one. Yeah. A formative one for sure. I guess I've never thought about skipping school in the sense that you were like, were you just outside the school smoking? Yeah. I'm more looking at it like sort of trying. Like leaving. Like leaving. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I could not think of a time, right? We just like, for a reason we left, but. Yeah, it was di- it's it different. Must have been. Well, I mean, oh. we used to leave every day, like for lunch. They don't do that here. They don't let them leave. Oh. It's crazy. That always would be the best part. I know. It's like, <laughs> you just go to McDonald's The or best whatever. part of growing up was calling into Ben Murgy Live. <laughs> That's actually a good rapid fire question. Uh, what's something notable you watched in school? You know, like, a, like a news story in school. O.J. Simpson trial. That's a great the one. That's a great Gare, one. I can picture it. Yeah. Weirdest wow. one I had was uh, they wheeled in the TV when Kerry Wood had his 20 strikeout game. Like, like, cool. That was awesome to get to watch, but I mean, it's just a dude throwing wicked sliders. Oh, that's a weird so one. Yeah. We just had the anniversary, I think. Yeah, very, 30. very cool. Yeah. Any, any other ones you can remember? The Challenger. I mean, the Challenger. I feel like there's. I guess like nine, I'm trying to think. Nine eleven happened in college. In college, college yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Yeah, I was trying to think. Um, yeah, ho- big hockey games or something like that. That they definitely would have done in Canada. I guess they're usually on at night. night. Yeah. I don't know, the 72 Summit series? What time were they playing that at? Who knows? Uh, All right, rapid fire, not so rapid, but some hilarious answers there. Uh, Hopefully this was a classic to you. Let us know if it was uh, by leaving your boys a five-star rating and review if you're a podcast listener, subscribing to No Dunks on YouTube, nearly at 75,000 guys when it comes to subs, so we are marching our way to 100K. And uh, like the video, shout out to everybody joining us live, really appreciate it. Like I said, we're back on Sunday morning, all of us here in the Classic Factory, to recap Game 6 of the Eastern Conference Finals. Whether the Heat are going on to play the Nuggets or the Celtics are giving us a Game 7 baby, we'll be here, probably at 10 a.m. Eastern, from the Factory. That's on Sunday. So, we will see you then. Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, one time I left school, skipped school to uh, eat some nuggets at home. I, uh, this guy's crazy. Yeah. I, I, called, I called my mom on the phone that I didn't have because it was before cell phones. And I said, heat up those nuggets. You just said heat nuggets. So I went with that. Uh, that never happened. <laughs> I, was, I was a little confused there with that story. But yeah, it was a, just as good as the previous story. <laughs> Other than Trey's. Trey's was a good story. Embrace the day, people. Embrace the weekend. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.